1: Welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com, and of course I will answer as many as I can. Serendipity, if that's how you pronounce it, for me, um, the word defines how God has always taken care of me. There's actually a Hebrew phrase called hashkach pratis, which we'll talk about maybe later, and I need to pay attention. I need to open my eyes, not only to big things, but even little things. Today's guest, Neil Farber, has written his own book about serendipity, which is what it's called. Serendipity, Utilizing Everyday Unexpected Events to Improve Your Life and Career. Neil, how are you today?
0: Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, I apologize. It says MD. I should say Dr. Neil. That's fine. Anyways... But just to, before we get into everything, who is Neil Farber?
0: Well, Neil Farber was an academic uh, internal medicine physician for uh, 40 years, um, practicing, seeing patients, doing research, uh, wrote over 60 research articles, um, retired uh, about two years ago, um, now enjoying life, writing books. Um, being a docent at the San Diego Air and Space Museum, having fun.
1: Amazing. Having fun. That is beautiful. And yeah, you actually talk about those things in the book. What you're doing now is the docent and stuff because you always wanted to do it and it worked out. We're going to talk about it. But just to get us rolling. So if I'm pronouncing the word right, serendipity, serendipity. I think it depends where you live in the country. Um, I gave my definition. What is your definition of serendipity?
0: Well, serendipity is, you know, a lot of people say, well, isn't serendipity luck, and, and they aren't are not really the same thing. Um, luck is just something happens to you, either good luck, bad luck, whatever, but you have no involvement, it just happens. Whereas serendipity is something where in in a sense, it starts with luck in, in that it could be a minor, something that you notice. But then you have to take uh, involvement in in that occurrence bring it to four, and make it into something. Um, the, the best example I can give is one I gave in a book where somebody's walking, somebody's having a difficult time financially, and they happen to get a check from a long-lost relative for $5,000 that has, helps put them all over the top. That's luck. But another person with the same situation walking down the street um, happens to see a, a penny on the ground, and and most people would just keep on walking, a penny isn't worth anything. They happen to be curious, they pick it up, it's an old penny, they remember that a friend of theirs said, you know, you ought to go to a coin dealer with something like that, because it could be worth something. They do so and get a check for $5,000. Outcome's the same, but in the latter case, they had to be involved.
1: Okay, good. So, as I think people like to say, you have to make your own luck. Is that how you're translating, describing serendipity?
0: Sort of. I mean, it starts with something that, that's unexpected. But, yeah, you, you have to be involved and you have to make your own luck in a way. Okay,
1: amazing. Because, you know, it is interesting, again, coming from an orthodox view where God is pulling all the strings, so... Even the small occurrences is, is stuff God put in the way to help you. And when I read your book, I, I, I took it as, yes, God is putting out the breadcrumbs. Either you're going to open your eyes and say, oh, thank you, God, and I will move along, or you'll ignore it. How do you think of it that
0: um, way? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, if you believe from an orthodox point of view in, in God and, and it's God who's putting out the breadcrumbs or it's the universe who's putting out the breadcrumbs or however the breadcrumbs are getting there, you have to, as you said, open your eyes and, and eat the breadcrumbs as opposed to just keep on walking along. All
1: right. So, wow. Start right away. So why? I mean, I know you're retired. You said before you, you want to write, but what was the reason you wrote the book?
0: Well, it was sort of serendipitous in, in a lot of ways. Um, I I was a month from retiring. Um, I I basically knew I was going to be a docent at the Air and Space Museum, but I didn't have a lot of other things going on right then. And I I sort of was mulling over, you know, what is it? El- what other things could I do to be active? Many of my patients said, "Don't ever retire from something; retire to something." And and their advice was was true. So I was thinking, wh- what am I going to do? And and one night, and, and I'd written all these papers as uh, as a researcher and really didn't want to write a book uh, compiling all the research I'd done or going over all of it. I, f- I felt that was sort of self-serving and repetitious and not something I really wanted to do. So um, I kept thinking about it. One night I went to sleep woke up at three o'clock in the morning. Um, And I guess I was having a dream, but I instantly knew what what book I had to write, Um, went into the other room, wrote the outline. And as I started writing the actual book, researching and writing the actual book, it came to me that much of my life was sort of shaped by these serendipitous episodes.
1: Yes, that's really amazing. Again, just coming from my point of view, that when people look back at at where life has taken them and they pay attention and say, oh, I knew this person, I met this person, I ran into this person, and because of that, somewhere down the line, I received whatever. So and it was in your book, not only, of course, you're bringing um, entertaining stories, but a lot of it you spice up with – your stories when you just happened to be going out to San Diego, I think it was, and somebody happened to mention to you about that, that uh, dosin position and that's something you happen to have always wanted. So we're very good at saying just happened, just happened, just happened. But when we look back, all those just happens if we opened our eyes, right? Cause we wouldn't know that just happens. It didn't help us. Right. Cause those we missed. That's, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Right. And And that's the thing. We don't know, you know, we, there are lots of stories of people inventing things and changing their lives and things like that because of these serendipitous episodes, but we don't know how many of the episodes were missed. I mean, it could be major, major amounts of, of these serendipitous episodes that people are just ignoring. Right. Yeah, that, that we'll never
1: know. I guess somebody else is going to have to run into it. And, um, you know, it was interesting, as I, and I think that's almost what you wanted in the book, is, is you're almost telling people that you're not stuck in the position you're in. You can invent things, you can create things, you can go into businesses, but there's almost like, a, I don't want to say rules and regulations, but there's a structure of what a person has to do to use those events, which um, you actually have four of them. So let's uh, talk about them. So I actually number them so I wouldn't forget. But the first thing you mentioned is keen observational skills. So for, let's, yes. let's talk about that. What, what does that mean?
0: Well, you know, uh, we have senses for a reason. Uh, we have eyesight and hearing and all for a reason. And it's to be able to take into account the world around us. Um. And if you're not really practicing on looking at the small things around you, you might miss things. I was um, h- uh, hiking in uh, Arches National Park uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I uh, came upon this one arch called South Window Arch. And it's, if you haven't been there, Arches National Park is beautiful. It has all these uh, like 2000 arches in the park and all these trails. and. It's just beautiful. And this one arch was particularly beautiful, and I'm standing there looking at it, and I sort of was taking the time to really take in everything around me. And I um, was looking at both sides of the arch, and I kind of focused on the right side. And I suddenly realized that the way the, the light was and the way the rock looked, it, it formed the face of a scowling man. Um, it clearly was, you know, an eye his and its nostrils and a mouth, and I went, wow, and I, I asked people around, as well as the park rangers, has anyone ever reported that, and no one had. Uh, I, I guess I may have been one of the few people to actually pick up on that, because people don't take the time to really look at all the details around them.
1: So your doctor training helped you learn how to um, observe, to be looking for things, to be noticing things that most people would just like walk right on by?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is one of the things that we emphasize in, in training um, younger physicians and, and in the training I got was to be really observant. And, and a good physician can walk in a room and pretty much know what's going on within the first few minutes of seeing the person.
1: Amazing. So it happens to be, again, just where I'm coming from, um, as a, I don't want to call myself a Talmudic scholar, but as someone who studies Talmud, my children study Talmud, I've been in schools that they study Talmud, that's really what everybody's doing. They're looking at the text and they're observing the text and they're rereading it and they're looking for nuances as if they're, they're training their brain to notice. And you're saying, so doctors, I don't know if in all fields... Um, I'm a teacher, also. Our teachers observant. Well, we observe students, sort of. And with as long as they're behaving, maybe we're not observing them as well. But so this is really no, it's like overreaching. Maybe, you
0: know, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's
1: it's it's a skill. Forget about serendipity. It's a skill that we all need. Just you can't even start without paying attention to what's going on.
0: Right. Absolutely. And and and, and it's not only in, in medicine. I mean, sure. And, medicine has been my life and, and that's key in, in my life. But if you if you look at people, policemen and, and investigators, um, they have to have those skills. Good attorneys have to have those skills. Anyone who's who's dealing with the nuances have to have those skills. And it's something that you can train yourself to do. <clears throat> and people can get um better at it and and pick up on these things. And, and make the most of
1: it. right? So we so we could right. So that's important for all these ideas that you're going to bring down in the book. We have to be able to to learn how to do it ourselves and notice and pay attention. And you actually might enjoy paying attention. Uh, so let's go to the second one. So your second one is okay. Now I've observed. Now I need an open mind. What do you mean by having an open mind?
0: Well, it's, it's twofold. Um, one thing is you have to have An open mind towards serendipity, saying, you know, these things are happening all the time, they can happen to me. And and a lot of people, um, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, um, may not pay attention because they think the glass is half empty. Um, You you have to be um, sort of mindful of the fact that these things are happening, be open to the idea that they could be happening. In addition, you, you have to be self-aware. You have to be aware of yourself and all the surroundings so that you can be observant and take advantage of these things.
1: So my open mind is that things could happen to me to my benefit or my open mind is just different ways of looking at what happened or both?
0: Both. Both. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're both important.
1: Which one is, do you focus on?
0: Both. <laughs> okay, very I mean, good. I, I, I mean, I think, I think you, um, if, if you have the, uh, the open-mindedness to believe that serendipity is all around you, then the next step is to say, okay, now I have to be open to all the things around me and, and pay attention to them.
1: So before I get to the next step, so do you have a story on this one? A story on open-mindedness.
0: Um. Yeah. Um, This is not my story, but one from history. Um, This guy named um, uh, Spencer uh, Percy Spencer was the um, was working for Raytheon back in in the late 1940s, working on radar and trying to make radar more effective, and so they were using high high frequency microwave radar. Um, And um, so back then they had vacuum tubes, so things got hot. And one day he was down in the lab looking at at tubes and stuff. And he noticed that a a candy bar that he had in his pocket melted. And he, he asked the people around him, you know, his his workers, his his other engineers, does this ever happen to you? And they said, Oh, yeah, it's just warm down here. And his thought immediately was, maybe, but maybe it's something else. Um, And that's sort of being open to serendipity. um, He asked somebody to bring in a bag of popcorn, put it in front of the microwave tubes, and he knew that they weren't going to melt, and they popped. And from that, he ended up developing the microwave oven.
1: And did all those people then sue the government for having them exposed to microwaves?
0: I don't know. I don't think so.
1: It's just, just a timely question, but uh, but it's interesting. You know, he was discovering something where um, you know our microwaves, of course, uh, stay away and don't sit in front of the door, and it's uh, safety devices. But okay, fine. I well, got that one. Great right. story. Onwards. Number three is curiosity.
0: Yeah, what does curiosity absolutely. have
1: to do with my serendipity?
0: Everything. Um, so curiosity didn't kill the cat in this case. Um, once you see something, um, the next thought that should come to one's mind is, why did this happen or how did this happen? Um, that That's where the curiosity plays a role. And and that's the same thing with Percy Spencer. He saw the the, the candy bar mill and said, huh, how did that happen? And rather than just accepting that it was warm down there, he, he explored it further. Um, Sir Alexander Fleming, who was a microbiologist experimenting with staphylococci. When he one day came in his lab after being away for a few days, finding that someone had opened a window and and mold had gotten on his his bacterial plates. Um, he, he initially began throwing the plates out because he felt that they probably had been contaminated. And then he saw one plate that had the mold, but around the mold there were these clear rings. And the immediate question in his mind was, how did that happen? And began looking at it under the microscope and realizing that the bacteria had died off. And then putting it together with his, and we'll get to this in a little bit, putting it together with his previous knowledge was able to eventually um, uh, find penicillin. Amazing.
1: So did you ever wonder like, why are some people curious to go ahead and take it to the next step? And probably most of us are not. Is it a laziness? Why are some people curious and some not?
0: Well, I think, I think it's, there's probably lots of reasons. Uh, I think some of it depends on your training. Um, Some of it probably on your inherent nature, are you a curious person or not? I I was always out playing in streams and looking at things under the microscope and stuff because I was just naturally curious. Um, But I think some people also uh, sort of are afraid of what what they may find and and what they have to do with it. Um, Sometimes it's a challenge, you know, it's a a leap of faith to to go ahead and take on something and some people may may not be willing to do it.
1: Interesting. Interesting thought, so we we talked about keen observational skills, then I need an open mind, then I need to be curious and but then I gotta wrap it up, so that's my ability to make connections so go ahead, that's right. part four we gotta you gotta tell me how to use all my curiosity and my serendipity. What do I do with it
0: okay so there's that's a twofold part um one is in terms of um still recognizing the serendipity and what it means. Um, You have to make connections with either knowledge you've already had got gained by reading or, or being trained or, or whatever, or knowledge in the future that you can read and, and look back on the serendipitous episode to take advantage of it. Um, Like Sir Alexander Fleming, he was trained as a microbiologist besides a physician, and knew immediately that the mold had to be secreting something onto the plate that was killing the bacteria. And so he began researching and figuring out what that something was. Um, So the second part of it is then once you realize this is a serendipitous event, this means something, um, I might know exactly what it means, or I might need to figure out what it means. But it means then going the next step and and researching it, um, taking advantage of it.
1: So that means to use serendipity the way you would like me to use it, um, it's it may not be for everyone because if I don't have the knowledge to know what to do with this penny that I picked up, as that was our first story of the day, um, so then the serendipity is of no benefit to me. Or am I wrong?
0: Yeah. Well, it, it may not, but let's say that you, pick up the penny and bring it home because you see it's old, you don't know if it's worth anything or whatever. And then someone mentions that they had a penny and they brought it to a coin dealer and they got money for it then you go, huh, well, this penny might be money too. So then you take it to the coin dealer. Um, it, But serendipity can be simple things. I, I, uh, a, a few weeks ago, I um, was out um, driving finally after COVID, and um, had um, uh, gotten to the point where my gas gauge was reading kind of low, and I was going to be going to the museum the next day. And um, I figured I I better stop on the way to the museum to um, get some gas. But then I I forgot about it, because it was early in the day, and I forgot about it, I was doing all kinds of other things. And usually I put my keys on my desk. Um, but for some reason, I just happened to toss them on the kitchen table. And the next morning, uh, I was looking around and I saw the keys on the kitchen table. I went, why did I do that? And then I thought back to the day before and recognized, oh yeah, that's right. My gas gauge is low. I need to stop on the way to the museum. I better get going. So I have a few minutes extra to stop. It's as simple as that. And one can talk about that being serendipity. Okay. Now, that, doesn't, that doesn't take anything from anybody to, to do.
1: Right. Okay. So then the bottom line becomes there's serendipitous events. So again, come, if you're talking to me, I believe they're all serendipitous and there's reasons for all. And the scientist is going to get the, the, the breadcrumb he needs and the, and the guy who forgot to fill up his gas is going to get his reminder. I, they're all over the place. It's happening all day long. So I have about a minute and a half left. So I'm going to ask you for two things to help us wrap it up. Number one, I want to know how we can get your book called Serendipity, Utilizing Every Day, Unexpected, which is bolded. Events to Improve Your Life and Career by Neil J. Farber, MD. I want you to ask how we can get the book. And 30 seconds or 45, tells one last serendipitous story.
0: Okay. So you can get the book on any of the online uh, retailers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of those kinds of things. Um, It's available online. And last serendipitous episode is how I met my wife, which is the most amazing one for me. And I can't tell it in 30 seconds. I can tell you that there was, we, we met on a train. There were all these multiple events that had to fall into place for us to meet. Um, we did, um, but then I got her number and didn't know if I was gonna be able to take her out. Uh, it was to a concert, an open air concert, and I had two tickets, and she said, call me on Monday night and I'll let you know. And Monday night, it was pouring rain, and so they postponed the concert to Tuesday. And Tuesday night, which was the concert I had, um, they canceled. And so I was without a way of taking her out. And as I was about to call her and find out if she still be would be willing to go out with me, uh, a friend of mine called, asked if I wanted two tickets, to the concert for Tuesday night. Uh, We went, we dated about a few more times and within about three weeks I looked at her and said, you know, we're gonna end up married. And she said, yeah, I know. Great
1: story, Neil. Thank you so very much. This was so much fun. I learned a lot. Serendipity by Neil J. Farber. The music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to all the sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to all the production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope you with, with some food for thought. Until next time. I am Rabbi Sue Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRN Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.